Released on Sunday, March 8, 2015. This Agile Life, Episode 75, SAS Factor. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. I'm John Sextro. Joining me today, we have three great hosts. First up, Craig Buchek. Hello, everybody. Please pardon anything that sounds like a cold. Why, why did you go and get a cold, Craig? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. I, I'm getting over it though. Is it because you work at a hospital? <laughs> I don't work at a hospital. I work for a hospital. Oh, I see. Okay. Also with us, uh, Jason Tice looks very excited, has something to say. I was going to say, John, number one, I'm not John Sextro, as we all know, but Craig probably has a cold because I hope he's practicing some of those effective habits for good pair programming or pair working. And he's working with his team and sometimes you get sick, but you know, you got to deal with it. So Craig, if that's the case, that's okay. If he followed my seven effective habits of pair programming, though, he would wash his hands frequently and would not get sick. Yeah. And guess what, John, wait till we get the picks tonight. Cause you have seven, but I found someone who has 10. Yeah. Ooh. They're just, they're just making up a couple extra ones to oh. go over the top. All right, guys, we have a special guest tonight. And this is a woman. We've never, we've, well, we've had a woman on before, right? We had Angela Harms on. We had Angela. We had Karen Favaza Spencer on. We've had it. We're trying to. That's true. Uh, Angela actually doesn't identify as a woman anymore, by the way. Well, at the time, <laughs> I mean, at the time it was true. Believe it or not. Now, now, now uh, he goes by Alex, right? Uh, they go by Alex. They go by, is it they? She prefers they. Okay. It, uh, they prefer they. Uh, uh. Understood. Our special guest tonight, having nothing to do with that, is Natalie Simonson. Hey, guys. I'm not sure how to follow all of that, um, but I'll just say good day, mate. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I've been a, a longtime fan, and uh, I uh, did tell John a little while ago that it's a little bit of a sausage fest on this uh, podcast, and, and I thought that there were some people that could uh, help out with that. That's yeah, right. I'm not did. sure who. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I know I, I will sure I failed on my challenge uh, in 2014 where I said I wanted to try to figure out how to do an all an all female episode with actually none of the guys here involved. And I still have that as a goal, but it's just it's proving difficult to execute. So maybe, Natalie, you can help us figure out how to make that happen. I certainly can. Actually, we've got some, and this may be a, a topic for another time, but uh, we actually have one of our Scrum Masters uh, that is writing a white paper on uh, why women are actually better suited to being Scrum Masters. So that could be for another time. All right. We'll have to have you and her on so we can talk more about that. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. but guess what? But if you, if, if you missed episode 73, don't worry, because John will just say we don't need any Scrum Masters. So <laughs> go back and listen to that. It was, it, it was wow, complete wow. common sense. Yeah, so. I think you may not need a dedicated Scrum Master was the point. Agreed. Uh, I'm, afraid, okay. ja I'm afraid, Jason, you're going to make me famous somehow here in the, in the stratosphere. Uh, I, might, I might have to talk to my friend uh, Borat about you, which we'll talk about him later, too. All right, well. 
Natalie suggested a topic tonight, guys, and it's all about managing up, which Natalie has quite a bit of experience with in her years in IT and her recent stint working in Agile. So we're going to talk about managing up. And Jason, you you looked up the definition or, or some sort of a definition of what managing up is. So for those of us who have not already uh, uh, memorized the Wikipedia as you have, can you tell us all what managing up is? I shall now provide a dramatic interpretation of the Wikipedia definition of managing up. Managing up is studied as part of management studies as how a middle manager should effectively deal with his or her manager and with his or her subordinates. Additionally, managing up on its own may be a useful skill for a subordinate who in turn does not manage anyone. It is generally considered to be distinct from the very well-known practice of sucking up or kissing up to the manager. <laughs> and of course, um, it is different from kicking down to subordinates as that involves um, being above influencing rather than underhand manipulation. So um, again, it's kind of, it's kind of, I want to say it's, it's leadership by influence. You know, it's, it's saying that, you know, you don't have true authority and you kind of want to talk about that. So a good link to agile. So what are you, what else you guys got? I'll stop the dramatic interpretation of Wikipedia here. It's certainly a lot more, a lot more work than sucking up. I mean, that's really easy. <laughs> so do you mind if I add something? Yes, yeah, go please. for it. Go for it. Okay, I will, so, so I will now go ahead with Wikipedia. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about managing up specifically with Agile, um, I, I think that uh, and and uh, and a company's or an organi- organization's uh, journey, um, there there seems to be a, a very much a moving target. Um, you have initial phases when uh, a company is starting their transformation, and they look to you know educating what is Agile first, uh, but then you've got metrics that come in to it, velocity, burn downs, when are we actually going to get this thing because they're so used to a very waterfall approach and this is the date and we're always 95% complete. Um, and then going on to, you know, sort of uh, when a company matures and when to, to John's earlier uh, podcast and he's supporting we don't need scrum masters and BAs when is when are you mature enough to actually remove those elements from the team as well so uh, from what I've seen this is this moving target of what you should be managing up for and and you know and that changes what you're actually educating uh, to the that leadership so, so Craig, what, what do you guys think? Oh, sorry, Craig. Go ahead. You were gonna you were gonna go down and so so there. managing up to me is is managing the expectations of your manager, or or his manager or her manager, um, and and maybe even up to the customer. Um, it's it's those expectations that you want to set instead of having them set for you is is sort of the way I think of managing up. Yeah. So, what have been some of the challenges that you've experienced, Craig, with? managing up into management in that way? Well, when they come with preconceived notions of what you can accomplish that, that aren't realistic and you've got to, you've got to change those expectations. Yeah. Or, or I know the one Craig we've talked about is, Oh, I was a Java developer 10 years ago. And so this is exactly how you should implement the code. And I haven't touched Java code in 10 years, but you know, this is exactly it. As a result, you should be able to write the Java code for this entire feature in exactly three days. Go do it. Well, what about these, uh, you know, people that are higher up, maybe in the C-suite or maybe just right below that in the vice president chairs, 
where they say, I really don't, I really don't care so much about the ins and outs of the methodology that you're using. I just want to see results. And if they're coming at you with this, you know, I don't care. I just want to see results um, tacked on things. How do you manage towards that? And Natalie, maybe you have some ideas from your, your dealings in the past. Yeah, so so through through what we've gone through, um, is there's definitely the element of in the initial stages you you get some leeway, right? When you're going through a, you know your initial stages of a transformation, you get a little bit of leeway where you get to prove yourself, right? And so making sure that you actually deliver on that is is key. But um, as you progress, and people and and leadership wants to see, well, yeah, that was good, but now I want to see better. With the same with any kind of um, you know any kind of methodology, you want it like that was good. Now let's improve. Um, and and that's where it becomes difficult because uh, you, we have uh, a leadership um, a team that that gets their very base knowledge at the very beginning, and then they uh, don't expand on that. They they're, they're not going to go in depth into to what this uh, this process is and and how and how and why it works. Um, and you start to like we started off with. We would do a weekly update. We would meet with uh, senior leadership and say, "Here's a readout. This is what the team has accomplished, and this is the goal. These are the goals that we're working towards." Then that no longer the, they they got sick of looking at burn down charts uh, because it meant nothing to them. Um, and then we went to this is the date, and this is you know sort of how our our we're progressing towards that um, to not having that at all. We've also tried uh, daily stand-ups organization-wide. Uh, and that, while that was really, really useful for leadership because they felt like they were engaged and, and up to speed with what we have 12 uh, scrum teams uh, that are, you know, that so they felt like they really knew what was going on. But the teams felt like that it was an unnecessary overhead. So there's that balance, right? You want to keep the teams moving towards a, a, a sustainable pace and not having unnecessary meetings and, and so forth. But, but in order to continue to support this, this approach to development, leadership needs to feel comfortable about the progress that is being made. Yeah, and John, you know, I want to say I like the discussion here because I think we started with one of the one of the, what you described is really what I think is an ideal scenario, and that is where leadership just says, "I want to see results. I want to see you deliver software. I, if anything, I don't want to jump into the team's process or to the team's architecture and tell them what to do." And what I what I think is a best case is to say that that's an opportunity if you're on a team or you're a team leader, a coach, or whoever, have a conversation with leadership and say, "Okay, you want results." How do you want us to measure that and then really work to provide that assurance that things are going well? And that's that's what you want to have. So what what I hear from Natalie is you're building trust with your management. So you're you're meeting your goals, you're delivering, you're showing results. And now that you've built that trust, you can actually build on it and, and do things, more things that you want. You can make improvements to your processes um, that, you know, will, will help, you know, you can't, uh, an example we had was, um, we had a customer and they had a, a project manager basically that was working with us. Um, 
but the, the developers were all outsourced to our company. And so at first we had to build some trust and eventually we got to the point where we could do continuous deployment. We could deploy, you know, a couple times a day, but if we had tried that on day one, the, the customer never would have bought into that. So we had to build that trust. We had to manage up, build that trust so we could improve our processes to get to a good thing like continuous delivery. Craig, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. And I started us off with kind of the ideal situation where management is very hands-off about it. They just want to see results. And in Agile, with Agile, that's something that we can get to very quickly because of the mechanism for delivery where we are continuously delivering, iteratively delivering, delivering results. And we all, I think, agree that the best indicator of progress on a project is working software as is one of the tenants of Agile. So working software in production being used by real users. You just added a bunch of stuff on there. I did. I made it it better. You made it better. Okay. I made you think about your last mile. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And I agree with that, but, but I think that's the, that's the, that's the best case scenario. So what about where the management is more involved? They want, they want things like uh, progress reports and, and maybe milestones, maybe financial burn rates and, and that sort of thing, that sort of stuff. What do we do in, with Agile to, uh, to, to deliver the mail on that? Natalie, what do you think? So, and, and I'm not so much giving a solution here, but actually adding an additional layer of problems with, with doing that is, um, is that, that traditionally, um, you know, at, at that level, uh, leadership is looking for, you know, three to five year plans. Um, and that's, that's challenging, right? Yeah. You know, where, you know, where we're, so we're supporting a very fluid and responsive environment. Um, and to tell someone that we are going to deliver X product in 2022, uh, is not, uh, a, a realistic, you know, uh, roadmap. Um, so educating that, that, you know, we should be looking at a much shorter term roadmap that will constantly evolve and adapt to what the customer needs is, uh, are, sorry, um, uh, is, is something that, um, is, is a, a huge mental mind shift for leadership. Yeah, that's a good point, Natalie. And I think Jason and I have, have discussed this on the show before because he has rightly stated that management organizations, they want the predictability. They want to, they want to budget and forecast their budgeting for multiple years down the road. And what I've always argued is, well, we need to, we need to take kind of an, an incremental approach that we can adjust to, right? Jason, I mean, that's what. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and even with that, is is like it's the key thing we started about. You know, the first prompt job was leadership wants to see results. But again, I've worked with leadership. We're getting started with a transformation. They're like, yeah, let's do our first release in in um in six months. I'm like, no, let's do our first release in one month. You know, and yes, if you're a leadership, guess what? That means you need to be involved in the process, and you need to support the system that's driving this value, and there's work to do. I think so Craig, Craig has Craig, some ideas. What you say? Yeah. So, so management always wants predictability out of software development. H- have they ever gotten it? No. 
<laughs> well, but, so, but, so they 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 kind of need to embrace the fact that they're not going to get it and and work with that instead of against that. Okay, is, so so is, that's that's our job though in this in this discussion. That's our job is to to help people understand how do we manage up to that because right. they thought they were getting predictability out of waterfall, and we all know that that was that was a fallacy that that was all wrong, Jason. So let's ask, let's have a quiz. It's quiz time tonight oh, no. on the Satchel Here we Bible. go. Quiz so time. Get your, what, get your pencils ready. What is, what mistake is management making most of the times when they get involved in, 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 in Agile? What do they, what do they go for right away? Silver bullet. Well, that, but what I observe a lot is they go for, they go for people. Like they go to like say, oh, what's up with this guy? You know, why isn't he working as much as this guy? You know, they do all that, the people stuff. And what they don't do, and I don't get this, they don't take a look at the system. Because really an agile team is a system and say that, you know, let the team manage their own people. You know, people are really hard to manage, especially if you're removed and say, so let's say, what are the organizational impediments that are reducing the predictability of this system? And then as, as management, either ask the team for guidance or maybe figure it out on yourself. What could you do to remove some of those impediments at the system level, not at the people level? Does it make sense? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I still think that there are some there's some basic blocking and tackling that has to be explained with Agile to help management understand how are things going to work. I know that we all know, again, that that predictability is not there, but at least they had an answer. They had something to write down for their, their 12-month, their 24-month, and their 36-month roadmap. How do we how do we represent that or do we represent that in agile what do we coach management how do we manage up in that to help them get comfortable with with a lack of the the lack of predictability that they already had i have some ideas but i just want to see if anybody else does first so my thoughts on, on on that is that, that you really need to start. It, it's an education process on the, basically the eighty twenty, right? Is that we've been so used to uh, in in many cases uh, developing the whole product, and and so as and, and this is where it comes to not necessarily even managing up to you know senior leadership, managing to product owners to to help them understand what that minimal viable product is uh, because they're so, so comfortable with saying, this is the total thing that I need to, to deliver. Um, and you shift their perception and that, that translates to sales and, and, and many other organizations. And it also translates to leadership as well. So I like the burn up value chart where you take the value that you've supplied and you show that you supply the most value up front and and you sort of had diminishing value as you go along because you've already got the most important things out. And that gives management the, the ability to make a decision like, okay, we've gotten, you know, we've gotten 80% of what we wanted and we spent, you know, 75% of what we plan on spending. It doesn't make sense to continue spending this money or or does it not? You know, we've gotten the important stuff and maybe this other stuff isn't important, or maybe we can put that on the back burner and move people to another project or you know, all those different possibilities they have by delivering the maximum value up front and then tapering off. You know, there was a, there was a famous wartime general, it might've been Patton or I don't know which one it was, but uh, said that 
that planning Hitler. it was probably Hitler. It was, it was, was not Hitler. the same thing. It was not Hitler. Not Hitler. That uh, that planning was vital, but plans were were meaningless or or useless. The act of going through that planning is is vital because it causes you to think about things. So the act of going through that planning process can still have can still have some positive results. And the act of going through and putting together a roadmap is important because it establishes a vision. So what I coach to management is let's do that. Let's let's put some plans together. Think about what the vision is going to be. Let's put information together about what we want our roadmap to be. But you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to chisel it into granite and say that we're going this direction regardless of what happens. We're going to take advantage of what Agile offers in adaptability and in responding to change so that as the market changes, as our customers change, we are right there with them, ready to change and ready to adapt. And that is going to be a huge advantage, a huge organizational advantage that your company has over your competition if you are ready to be more agile, more adaptable to change. Natalie, what do you think? So I, so it's more of a, a comment on that where I think that there's some additional value from that vision is the team buy-in. Um, the team needs to to feel like they're they're moving towards something, um, and with a with a shorter term goal where they they really you know like if if they can see this this path that they're moving towards, I think that, that that can be a huge motivator for the team too. So it's more that that I think that that value that that exercise is valuable just to help the team look at the grander picture and even make very good decisions about what they are developing to be uh, compatible to what, where the, the vision, the long-term vision. So yeah. Well, that, that comes back to autonomy, mastery, and purpose once again. Okay. This is a podcast. Where we're going to attempt to not talk about Daniel Pink. And we're going to attempt to not talk about management 3.0, right? So <laughs> <laughs> what, what I want to share is that the problem though, and, and John, what I want to emphasize here is there's a lot of roadmaps that are done the wrong way. I mean, I've seen roadmaps where it's this document and it's like 50 pages and it's effectively, it's a big requirements document and that's not a roadmap. Uh, a, yeah. key thing, a key thing, I think we could all provide some guidance to anyone who's listening to this Agile Life is to say that if you're a facilitator or you're on a team, you need to encourage leadership and the team to build a roadmap where the fidelity of how the roadmap is expressed is kept very low fi, so low fidelity. And and in the innovation space, that's where we use things like, you know, we use games with mediums like Lego or paper arts and crafts, or we sketch it with a Sharpie and you're limited to one big canvas. Um, I know couple episodes ago, you know, Amos was talking about like the lean canvas from lean startup to get a project started. But think about making a roadmap again. That's not a written narrative document in word. And instead is this big poster. Maybe it's maybe it's a, a viz think type thing. But the fidelity is low because that allows it to evolve. Yeah, I like lean canvas a lot as as a tool in your toolbox for building out your roadmap. And I think that that's, yeah, or just, or just a poster, just a picture. Like this is our yeah. picture. You know, I do the Lego work with teams. So it's like, here's our Lego thing. And the nice about Legos, it could evolve over time, but pictures could be redrawn or you could use a whiteboard, you know? So, but the key thing is don't fall victim to saying, I need to write a big document. Yeah, Force don't yourself documents. to keep it lightweight. I almost fell into my chair. Hold on a second. Let me get up off the floor. 
Craig, Craig, Craig. Jason, what? Jason just said, don't write documents. I, I think he even said, keep it light. Wait, I said, keep what are you, dude, you want to see it? <sighs> whatever. So I think, think, I think we need those, a government's document right now. Do you think that those exercises that you do with a team is useful to do with a leadership team? Oh, no, I do them with leadership. I've I've taken Lego to some very play, interesting places where I'll share some of the people in the organization I work for. They're like, uh, you're doing what? And I'm like, trust me. And I guess I'm fortunate I work in an environment where I have a fair what? amount of I work. I have a fair amount of autonomy and it's worked out great. So it has worked out for you oh, yeah, for them yeah. to, to do that. Sweet. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not I'm not going to deny there are challenges. You know, my, my colleague and buddy Luke Homan, you know, he effectively kind of changed the name of his company because which was the Innovation Games Company, because at one point they had challenges with getting people to engage with them because of people that didn't want to work with a company that had the word game in its name. And so they have a new name now called Contenio. But but nonetheless, there are certain techniques to successfully integrate really collaborative and game exercises with executives. And, and you got to kind of, and I'll share every environment's different. Uh, a fun environment that I, I know John and I worked in when we were working to support the military, the, the guys in the military who do war games and drills. Oh, they loved it. I was like, Oh, we're going to play with Lego. And next thing you know, they made a Lego battleship and they're trying to blow each other's stuff up. I mean, it was, <laughs> but what's funny is going back to remember leadership has work to do in agile. It got, it got leadership and the customers engaged. So they were interested in seeing, Hey team, what if you, what are you going to put out on the next month? Well, you know, what's going to be the next, what are going to, what are going to be the features at the next demo? Again, Leadership, they're not going to worry about the details of the stories and the acceptance criteria. But again, the high level features, what's going on? And hey, I can see how you you, you pick you drew that into the Viz Think or into the Lego. And it, it, it drives that feedback cycle, which you need to get going on to make this all be sustainable. So I would say, again, if, if you're if you're a, if you're a games person out there and you want to talk about how to introduce games to senior leadership, that would be a good follow on conversation for us to have here because they're uh, again, I got lessons learned. Uh, but again, every every scenario is different. But if you're not doing things at the even at the team level, you know, it's kind of like, hey, leadership. So say, hey, what's that box over there? It looks like a cereal box. Oh, that's our product box. It's it's our interpretation of the vision. And it looks like a Captain Crunch box. And oh, tell me about it. Oh, OK. And you, it, it almost gives you a, a mechanism to have a dialogue with anyone who's interested in what's going on. Yeah, there's certainly and there's certainly some um, ways that that would actually, you know, introduce what is usually just agile concepts to leadership to them actually being involved. Because uh, that's that that's one thing that I've seen that that uh, as you look at uh, leadership that that are looking at you know sort of ad, you know agile Scrum teams is that they're making decisions about those teams without never having participated in on one of those teams in any capacity, you know whether it be Scrum master, developer, BA, whatever it is based on what John's uh, definition of who should be on a team um, is, uh, you know, like they, they've not participated on a team like that. So they, if you haven't experienced it, it, it becomes very difficult to, it, it's always just in theory or this is a yeah. concept. Well, and I'll show that's where, that's where to me, I think the games are a great platform to work in. Yep. When I, it's funny, I work for a pretty tech heavy company. And so like we do agile workshops for our, for staff and the number one feedback, why didn't we write any code in the agile workshop? And I'm like, well, we use mediums to, for exercises and simulations that 
everyone, regardless of their background. So if they're not a, if they're not a dev, everyone can contribute to support the whole team approach. And and again, that's uh, John. I know that's what you're going for with this whole no scrum masters BAs things that everyone could kind of help out with the code, which is a great thing. But a lot of times when people join an organization, they may not be there right away. So, again, I, I do training where we use other mediums because it means everyone's involved. But what I would say, and, and exactly what you're saying, Natalie, those types of activities are things you should do all the time, not just in a training yeah. workshop. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of exercises. There's a lot of games that can be played in, in the boardroom as well as in the in the team room uh, that are just as productive for both groups. And and there's a couple of them that you guys mentioned. The the product cereal box is one of my favorite ones. Of course, we talked a little bit about the lean canvas. And uh, and just getting some thoughts together to help people understand this is where we're headed. There was, Jason, one thing that I think you and I uh, were both were in the presentation at Agile DC last year where they were talking about, I think it was guys from, uh, I can't remember the company, but they were talking about this sort of science fair approach yeah. to, to the product visioning, right? Where you had all, the, all these posters and they kind of had a, a day-long session where People would wander in and then they'd be able to see see those science fair posters, if you will, for the other teams, which could be, you know, sort of a product cereal box. It could be an actual poster that had your roadmap and some of the stuff about your vision and your product and maybe even some low fidelity mock-ups of screens and things of that nature. Yeah, the, the one that's fun to do, and I've even done this like at a program level. So if you're doing safe out there, you could do this within the context of um, of, a, of a, a PSI planning meeting within safe is when the teams come together, you know, have each team kind of like do short sprints of like 10 minutes and have them build a box or a poster, a can whatever, you know, pick a meeting, whatever you want to do, Lego and have them work out for 10 minutes and then have everybody stop and then have each team divide in half. And then it's like a little open space, a term that many people use is called a marketplace, where the half of the team will stay with what they built and talk about it to visitors. And then people start to float around and they kind of start to cross pollinate. It's like, oh, yeah, I went over there and those guys had this awesome idea that they're building down. You're like, hey, we, we should borrow that idea, too. And even with a small group of like if you've got a small release train with like three teams, it's amazing to see what happens because. Typically, if you're doing safe, you know, the teams tend to get kind of separated. And this is a way to bring them back together and keep a shared vision across all the teams in the program. So um, and it, it, well, the key thing is it doesn't take a lot of time. It's it's maybe 30 to 45 minutes max to, for that kind of activity. And the value is huge, huge. All right. So I think I really, sorry, no, Natalie, go I ahead. Was, I was just going to say, I really like the science fair idea. And, and John and I have actually talked about that before um, for, for many reasons, right? You know, when you, uh, you know, at the company I'm with is there are so many teams and so many of them are actually trying to, in many ways, trying to figure out the same thing. And by doing that uh, more frequently and exposing what you other teams are working on and, and making that available to other people, you actually can get some, some great, I'm going to use a buzzword, synergies. Yeah. I said synergies. I'm going to have to bleep that <laughs> word out from the podcast. <laughs> no, Does that because make I, it E-rated? <laughs> like explicit? I get explicit no. for synergy. Agile no, explicit. <laughs> see, this is where the science fair then meets the architecture repository, because if you're now, doing this the, the right word. way, you should extract the reusable building blocks from the science fair and put them into the architecture repository so, there's a promote, so you can then promote reuse through your portfolio. So, that, again, we can actually reconstruct the entire safe picture or the, the what is it, the, the, the large scale scrub or you know there's all the big pictures out there these days and um 
See, Natalie, what you did, you said synergy, and you just sent Jason into buzzword oh. overload with uh, <laughs> yeah. our, awesome. our texture <laughs> repository, reusable. I'm sorry. Enterprise, Enterprise architecture is a first-class citizen, and that was a known statement before Dean Leffingwell coined it in safe. So, okay, I dig. All right, let's let's uh. How let's, do we go from games to EA? That's, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I messed up. I'm you sorry. Can do it. Yeah. So, what other things do we do we concern ourselves with in Agile when we need to manage up? Natalie. So I have a thought on that. So, and this is something that uh, John, you and I have experienced uh, personally. <laughs> and I'm not going to a bad place. It's okay. Um, so, uh, when we've been introducing concepts or approaches uh, with uh, it to to work to improve teams, um, the uh, the response from leadership is, "I don't get it." Without any follow-up question, it's just, I don't get it. Meaning you're, you're asking meaning, leadership for permission to manage up or, or what, what's the, the context of their so idol? No, we're, 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 we're introducing, uh, so in this particular case, we were, we were asked to, to take an approach that, that, that we, we disagreed with and didn't feel like actually supported the growth of, of teams and, and the, uh, the productivity of teams. And so we proposed something different and we proposed something different and, uh, and, and, and I'm not, I don't want to say that everybody responded this way, but we, one particular person said, I don't get it but didn't have any qualifying questions after that so it was this this almost like a, it was it was a willingness to not want to understand it was a tactic it it was it was a tactic right it's like i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it i i i'm joking over here cuz um I've been recently coaching people on a, uh, what they call the clean questions or the clean language techniques. And so, so what kind of a, I don't get it is that John? Why don't, <laughs> can you tell me more about that? I don't get it. What I'd like to know is, could I use the five whys to get into what I don't get it? Why don't you get it? Well, I just don't. <laughs> okay. This is a stalemate. I think, <laughs> I think that ends up being a stalemate. I can't well, help you get it. If you can't tell me what you don't get, why you don't or you know, give me some indication. If you just sit there and say, I don't get it. Well, I think I should just probably pack up my backpack and leave because you're you're never going to get it. That's checking out of the conversation. I don't get it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I agree. And that's where I guess I have to say kind of from, I guess, I don't know if to me, this is kind of in the fringe between coaching and business transformation. If you've, if you've done an impact map of the organization, it's like, John, does this person who says they don't get it? Is it relevant? So, you know, if they're outside the sphere of influence for what you're doing and they don't get it, you know what? I almost consider that. That's great. You know what? I don't want you to get it because we've determined that you're, you need not be involved, you know? And, and, and again, I do it with teams. <laughs> I'm serious. When I do work team, with teams, I'm like, guys, the first thing we got to know on this team is who's on the team and who's not. Let's write the names on the board, you know, and write your name on the board. And guess what? If you're at a program, you should do the same thing with a program. So who are the program sponsors for this program? Okay. Hey, your name's up there. I would hope you would get it. We should go out to lunch and we should figure out how, what we need to do to get you get it. Okay. You don't get it. You know what? Guess what? Your name's not on the board. It doesn't matter that you don't get it. Go away. You so, know, and have, have that black and white type of transparency so you know what matters and what doesn't. So what I just heard you say is that when the person says, I don't get it, we just say, 
Yeah, that's all right because you don't matter anyway. Well, okay. What I said is, <laughs> that's if a you're serious managing up right there, yeah. Well, but but if you're, you need to know the context of your environment. Yeah. And so again, a lot of things that that I that I work with is I find teams or programs that have people inserting themselves into the process or into the product backlog that really have no they have no involvement in it. And it's it's really because the organization doesn't have strong boundaries. And and again, they're they're they, they don't manage where their money's going. There's lots of reasons that cause it. But the key thing, again, if you're on a team and you're going to make commitments about what you're going to deliver frequently so you can build trust, just like we said, you need to know who's in and who's out. Yeah, we're talking about management, right? And we're talking about leadership saying, I don't get it. I don't think I can just pat him him or her on the head and say, that's okay, honey. I'll explain it to you later. You just go ahead and go back to your coloring. I don't think that's going to go over well, right? But okay, so let's okay, so John, here's our here's the role play you could do with me. It's like so okay, so so John, I understand you don't get it. So John, what what do I need to do to work with you to help you understand why your involvement and wanting to take some provide some advocacy for what these people are trying to do to generate value for your organization? What do I need to do to get you to support that? Because we can't go it alone. Okay. We're not a startup. We're not, maybe we're doing the lean startup, but we're still part of your organization. And, and again, for, for me to be successful as a coach, I need you to care about that. So what do we need to do? Well, let me, let me start with identifying before I go into the role playing. Oh, let let me start. I just started. I'm so sorry. Let me start by identifying that the role that I would be playing in this case is a person that is basically um, trying to submarine whatever it is that, that is being proposed. Okay. So this is a tactic that the person is using to say, I don't get it. And they're never going to give me a relevant, I'm, if you continue in this line of questioning, Jason, I'm never going to give you anything subs, of substance because then that would be a way for you to latch onto it and, and combat my tactic. So therefore okay. I will dodge and parry you with, I don't get it until you're blue in the face. Or and and the the most deviation from I don't get it is well just the whole thing. What don't you get? I just don't get the, the whole thing. Just yeah, the whole thing. Okay. I need and well no, I think there was another one there. I need more information about what? Well, all of it. I need to pray on it. <laughs> It's funny. It's, what can me, I do to put you into this agile process today, Jason? So, so to me, the <laughs> again, I guess I, I, the, the thing I guess I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an example. You know, because I know people like when we talk about examples. It's like, like I know a lot of people have been on this team. Hi, you're on a team. You're writing code. And you don't have a product owner, right? Ever been ever done that? Yeah. Anyone ever been there? Hey, no product owner. So, and luckily, John doesn't want to fire the product owners because he agreed the product owner's person. <laughs> okay. But get, but guess what? So if you don't have a product owner, what's the natural thing that happens? Developers start developing what they think is right. Yeah, or and you start you start losing money, right? Because you're you you got a team and you're not building anything that the business wants. So to me, that 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 triggers a feedback cycle. So that's kind of my statement. Okay, leadership. Um, well, we're gonna keep doing our thing because that's what the organization has asked us to do. I want to create an opportunity for that leadership to get engaged. And if they want to play this fun, I don't care. I don't care. Well, then if you don't care, then guess what? I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to be a good person and 
I'm going to care. And I'm going to get people to care with me. And we're going to start doing what we think is right. We would love to have you come to the table with us and get involved in that collaboration. And we'll figure it out. But if you if you're not going to support this idea of, of contributing to the goal, then whatever. I mean, if I. I think I think the a tactic to take in response to this approach, Jason, to I don't get it is to start. Because that's what we're trying to get to here from managing up, from the perspective of managing up, is when this happens as you're managing up, what tactics do you take in response to this tactic? And I think the tactic that I would take is to begin with, okay, uh, let me go back to square one. I'll draw a set of boxes and arrows on a on a whiteboard and explicitly explain every bit, every little detail until somebody says, oh my God, please stop. Because if he can't get it, then we're never going to get there. So I comment on that too, and and this is maybe a mass generalization, but generally, if you get a I don't get it in a group setting with you know multiple leadership, um, I think your best tactic is to say, you know what, I will set some time up with you individually because I think some of that I don't get it is is a stance because of position um, and that you need to take that offline um, and actually have that conversation on a one-on-one basis uh, where it may not be as threatening to 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 that individual I, I agree completely and the other practice that I would throw out there, I guess, kind of going back to, you know, the whole what does a team do without a product owner or whatever is, you know, make everything transparent. You know, again, do everything in your power to create that opportunity for for the person to get engaged and hopefully they start to get it. And so, you know, say, here's the stories we're working on. Here's our here's our burn down. Like Craig said, you know, here's our flow diagram that shows we're making progress and we hope they don't have any bottlenecks. And. And here's the and then, you know, like, John, you said, throw the lean canvas up there. Here's the reason why we're doing what we're doing and make it all transparent. And at that point. Let the experiment if you're, if you're, run. If you're providing value, how are they going to complain? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. But maybe and, we're not even there yet. I mean, I think the question I don't get it fails the transparency check. Because. What you should really be saying, if if you're in an organization that is transparent, is rather than I don't get it, it's I really don't agree with your approach. And that's transparent. And then to say why is if you want to do that is fine as well. You know, I don't agree with your approach because X, Y, and Z, rather than just saying I don't get it. I think I don't get it really stands for I don't agree with your approach. So sometimes Agile is a leap of faith and and you just got to... Say, give me two weeks and, and let me show you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole question. People say, how do I get started? I was like, just start, you know, and then you just do it. And that's kind of how people will start to to use your phrase, John. They'll start to get it and hopefully they'll start to trust it. And again, I said, I just said hope myself. So, yes, it cannot. It, there can be challenges. But again, if, if you're following the principles of the manifesto, you're promoting transparency and you're adding value. That's, I think that's, that's something that I cut it. Well, I want to mm-hmm. go, but then I have a pivot for the conversation about managing up. So uh, the, the leap of faith and transparency to me seem to be at odds with each other. 
right? If 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 you're asking, like if a product owner comes to a, a team and say, you just need to take a leap of faith with me on this one, um, but they're not being transparent about this is the direction I'm going in because I've done the market research. I know that this is what the customer wants. So there's a little bit of a, a you know, sort of at odds there. So, um, yeah, and you had something else. So go ahead. Well, what I was going to say to me, maybe maybe this is almost kind of a, a way to wrap this up, because I think this is another thing is so if if we're doing the magic up thing right and I'm the I don't get it person. I want to say that, again, I take managing up as a big as a big risk, and I've seen this again. You show up. Hey, look, here's the plan. It's up on the wall. Yeah, you don't get it. But you know what? We're doing it and we're adding value without you being involved. Uh, what's your job here? You know, I kind of. We need to hire the bobs from office space to come in and kind of say what's going on here. And and I think that's a concern to a lot of people in there. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has seen this or is, would be concerned about this. But yeah, if you if you think about self-organizing teams, right, for anybody in a, any kind of management or leadership position, that's a threat because they actually need somebody. It, like previously, they needed somebody to come in and tell them what to do. If you empower teams to make those decisions, what does what does management do? <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that they could do, but what the problem the problem that we're presenting them with is that they're going to have to change, and change is always scary, and it and it does. It does bring um, another level of concern in there as to what what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? What are the new expectations going to be? And rather than having to deal with you changing, moving my cheese, I'm just going to ask you, tell you I don't get it, Craig. So, so I would expect for management what I always want for management, which is to remove roadblocks for me. That that's really the only thing I want for managers is to, when I have an issue that needs some external help. You, you go run cover for me. Or, or as Amos likes to say, a manager should be a shit umbrella. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's, yes, that's true. You're, you're right. Amos would say that they should be, but I've rarely seen a manager who's, who is a shit umbrella. They tend to be uh, a goose <laughs> who the shit flows <laughs> cleanly through. Well, I, I know I got it. It's funny. I know I, I got to uh-huh. return. <laughs> oh, oh boy, we got bad words. We got bad video. Wow, this is uh, not bad. Natalie, not all, you, Natalie. All the best managers I've had have 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 run cover for us. Good. Well, I want to thank. I know there's at least three of them out there that listened to the last episode of the Sagittal Life, where I recommended this idea that I've actually been. I asked for some volunteers, and I found some. Uh, of if you're a manager and you work with a team, use the idea of job stories and ask your team to write job stories for you as the manager, and then go do whatever they ask for. So I, I know three people, not a lot, but three people actually are doing that. So thank you. I think you know who you are because you obviously listen. So thank you. And uh, let's see if we get some more managers who want to try to, again, serve their team and make their work transparent. So make your own little Kanban board if you want to put it in Jira and track some metrics on it. Kind of cool. All right. Well, I think we've beat managing up to death quite a bit here tonight. So I think we'll call we beat managers. Yes. Usually we just beat MBAs. Oh, jeez. Hey, how long was that going to take to get my like, that was how, how far into it? Come on. Oh, you should be proud of that. MBA has not been mentioned until minutes. we're at, like, what, 56 minutes? Yeah. I was curious, John. We're going to write a book. We need to write the ABOC, you know, the Agile Book of Knowledge. Okay. How do we do make I'm, money on it? 
Does so the world if you had, we don't need any. We got too many A boxes as it is right now. Okay. An extra O, maybe obsolete. Uh, I'm with you on that, Craig. I was having a conversation <laughs> uh, okay. about books today. I was like, we don't need any more books. We just need to go do things that work. I like nice. books. They prop up my monitor. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible because i have a book for my pick tonight oh wonderful. i have i have a few books let's see if we can see two of my bookshelves here let's see. oh wow look at this oh dude if you're you got to watch this agile life video man it's gonna be awesome you can check out craig's so, ad uh, that's like <laughs> that's like half of my have book you, have you heard of a kindle <laughs> <laughs> or an app that. i actually have i actually have some some digital books too but I like paper books too. There's an app for that. <laughs> this week's hottest picks. Speaking of apps and picks, let's go ahead and do our picks. And since Natalie, you're our special honorary guest tonight, you get to go first with your first picks ever on this Agile Life. Yay! I would, this was probably the most exciting thing of this whole discussion. So uh, oh, there are ouch. there are two. <laughs> there are two picks. Uh, Loot Crate. Uh, so at lootcrate.com. Uh, and I think John's got the links and, and he'll post them. Uh, so this is a, a monthly subscription and you get this box of goodies. And it's very catered to the nerd or geek in all of us. A lot of gaming stuff and uh, just really, really neat, um, like sort of, kitschy, uh, old school kind of stuff, which is great. And then there's something similar, which is a little bit of an upgrade and you can get t-shirts and stuff like that is nerd block, uh, which is my personal favorite. So I get two loot crates for both of my daughters and a nerd block for myself because I deserve the better, you know, the, the better prize each month. Um, and the nerd block, uh, things, things that I've gotten in that are autographed pictures from Willow with, uh, uh, from um, hey, I see that face. <laughs> um, and uh, just really, really neat stuff. So uh, check it out. I think that, and, and there is a little bit of a bonus for me in this. If you subscribe to the Loot Crate on the link that I gave John, I actually get some credits. So you should totally subscribe. So what I'm going to do now is replace your loot crate code with no, my loot crate. No. Oh. I'm the one that put John onto the loot crate in Nerd Block, so you cannot do that. Yeah, and you already got credits from me, so I need some credits. Wouldn't it be great I mean, if we had an explicit contract about promotional yeah. rights for participating in this actual life? You cannot earn, Contracts matter. You cannot earn credits. And I just want to add one thing, and this is not a pick or anything, but I want to thank you guys. What you're doing is amazing, and I can't tell you there are, there are so many of your podcasts that have helped me both personally in my uh, Agile journey, uh, but as, have, has also helped me in sharing with uh, peers and leadership to help explain concepts, ideas, and so forth. So I look forward to continuing my involvement with you guys that's awesome thank you natalie we appreciate that uh, there's there's nothing i'd rather hear than exactly those words coming from a listener and uh, a coworker. so thank you for that you're welcome okay my pick tonight is a book even though i just railed on books a few minutes ago this is a good book so it's a book so, that so, john it's a body of information right it happens to be printed just like you you're a body of something 
I think <laughs> it might be information. Okay, my my pick is a book. This was a really instrumental book in my life, I think, because I read it very, very early on in my career, and it helped me out a lot when it came to managing up. Uh, it was it was recommended to me in some sort of a peer coaching session very early in my career. Anyway, the book is called Influence Without Authority. And there's now a second edition. Of course, I read it on the stone tablets when it was in its first edition. And um, it was, like I said, very helpful. As someone who was an individual contributor, it offered me a lot of insights and into how to manage up and how to how to affect and how to affect change and how to become a change agent, even though I didn't have authority necessarily to do so. Okay, those are my picks. Jason, you're up next. What do you have? Oh, as usual, I got a lot. I just got a release. So um, as I mentioned, our friends at ThoughtWorks uh, put out a new updated blog post about 10 ways to improve your pairing experience. So John had seven ways. ThoughtWorks now has 10. So uh, maybe we'll uh, John can review it and give us some feedback. Uh, the other one that I thought was funny is an uh, interesting uh, post uh, that I saw on the Agile Roundup. That's an Agile blog. And it talked about what happens when parents are process junkies. And it's kind of like personal Kanban. Some funny stories about a personal Kanban adoption at home. So check that out. Uh, if you're interested, I found this. Look at around Twitter. Um, follow Agile Borat. I'll leave it at that. You're going to laugh. It's weird, but it's it's just weird, but it's great. So Agile Borat, follow that. Check it out. Do you and know, what, Jason, do you know who's behind Agile Borat? Uh, I think I do. Okay. So do you know specifically, John? Oh, I don't. That's why I asked you. Yeah, I think I do. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll see if we get them on sometime in the future. Let's but not like, reveal it. it. Let's, it's just it's just funny. So go go check it out. Maybe we'll follow it. I'll probably retweet a few things from it because there's just some weird stuff out there that will get you thinking. And um, kind of like Natalie said, things that get you thinking. This is a community driven approach. So um, and last but not least, since we are doing video now, we have outtakes. Uh, sometimes funny stuff happens. So we're going to try to ISO some of those and put them on Twitter at random times. So as John's chest bumping right now, which uh, we'll have to ISO that one. And uh, unfortunately we'll never have, actually, I think I have Craig's cat somewhere. So, um, and of course I don't have Lee's doing his hair, but let's all do our hair right now. So let's all do our hair. We're all doing our hair. Cause it's, it, that's going to be a great one. So, um, and it's funny, we all have hair tonight. So, cause Amos is in here. So oh, whatever. Low blow. So, oh, so, so those are my four, uh, and again, thanks, John. This was fun. Thanks, John. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Craig. This was great. So thank you. And uh, Craig, you're up last. Go for it. All right. Uh, my first pick is a tool called ServerSpec. It is TDD for your server configuration. So if you are doing DevOps, uh, this is for you. Uh, the second one is something called Atom Pair. So Atom, A-T-O-M, is a new text editor. Um, it's built in JavaScript. It's probably, well, I suspect that it's going to be more popular than Sublime Text after a few years just for adoption um, plugins, um, the ability to work in, in more environments than uh, Sublime Text, and it's free. Um, so Atom Pair is a way to drive the Atom Text Editor with two people. Um, I'm not sure if it works with more than two people or, or not yet, but um, kind of a cool idea um, for remote pairing. And it's uh, written by a company called Pusher, which I believe that's what they're they're doing is um, making it so you can pair remotely with people. 
Um, and uh, the third one is I don't have the link yet, but uh, when uh, Jason's mentioned the the Twitter account, um, I just followed recently a, an account called something like Agile Memes, and it's got pictures of of Agile ideas with uh, you know the typical internet meme pictures. So kind of fun. That's it. Good one. Uh, I've made a, a an annotation in the show notes here, Craig, that you've made a prediction that Adam Pear will be more popular than some pl- sublime text in two years. Just just Adam text editor, not the Adam Pear. Adam Pear is a plug into it. Adam text editor. So I'm gonna set a I'm gonna set a reminder I, I, on my calendar. I set a few years, so give me like four or five. You know, I thought the book of Scrum said a sprint commitment should be longer than like a four weeks max. So how can we predict something two years from now? I don't think this was a scrum prediction or any oh. prediction about my work. He's got a Gantt chart on it. It's a prediction about the universe. It's science. Yeah, so shut up, damn it. Science. So so you realize that the uh the uh CERN, the uh particle accelerator has been uh, an experiment that's going on for like 40 or 50 years, right? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. He's talking about the big <laughs> thing that's underground and no, some sort of we blow atoms up. I'm kidding. All right. Good uh, picks. Good one, Craig. I'm looking forward to finding out more about Agile memes. I'm going to follow Agile Borat and all that jazz. Natalie, we have to say special thank you again to you for coming on this show and helping us be more diverse in our, in our <laughs> you hosts. You are welcome. Thank I'm you like very a much. trifecta too. Single mom, foreigner, and female. So you get the whole thing with me. Yay. We should start a consulting <laughs> firm and you could be the uh you could be the CEO. That way we get all those government contracts, right, Jason? Let's get on government? that. John, <laughs> do you want government contracts? You want to go do the eighty five hundred? We can. I think you know the answer to that. Oh, come on, man. The eighty five hundred is a cash cow. Go for it. Where are people riding at eighty five hundred? Woo, it's good. Natalie, uh, where could people <laughs> find out more about you on the internet if they if they so chose to do so? So on Twitter, my uh, it is Aussie Natso, uh, and that's A U S S I E N A T S O. And I I've got an Instagram and whatever. But I'll send that detail to you, and you can post it if you would like to. And I certainly will. You'll have at least three more followers by the time this show releases. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's all. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. Check out thisagilelife.com for these show notes and for all of our past episodes. Thanks for listening to us, and thanks for listening to Natalie, and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.